We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is the Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Sobriety, community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hey, yeah. There is no story, but somebody should write a book. Unspoken Words episode 98. The Jason Collins episode. Jason hey. Collins. Uh, hey. Now that one I Pot can buy. Gala. I can buy Pot that. Hey. Hey. Jason Collins. Do that again. Do that again. Jason Collins. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, this is Unspoken Words, uh, episode 98, and over here to my left, all the way from L, Jesus, he ain't even trying to preach, it's the pod, Gotti, Randy B, say show the number 83, 1983, Godesh, 1983, hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and over here to my right, all the way from Papua, I know, I know, I know, ain't no one. It's your favorite Indian JCB in the place to be. Say shoulder. But I can't sing like that. <laughs> Try it once. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> Just get real sacred with your moccasins. <laughs> I can't. It's, it's like, yeah, I, I can't do it on demand. Wait, take off your moccasins and try it out. Wiggle, wiggle my, wiggle the piggy toes. Release hey. the piggy toes, piggy toes. Hey, oh, hey, hey, there it is. And across the way from me tonight, special guest in the house for the very first time, Craig Doney, a.k.a. Chester Cheese, a.k.a. he'll hold your hand and walk you down the dark hallway to safety, <laughs> Mr. Peer to Peer, Buick Specialist, Peer to Peer, smile ear to ear. <laughs> Say show that. Away, sounded like you were in a sweat there for a second. Inner tribal. Inner tribal. Hey. Uh, do your yogi bear. <laughs> <laughs> do the yogi bear, huh? <laughs> hey, boo boo. Hey, Where's boo. the picnic? Yogi Bear, Yogi Bear, that's what we'll call you, Yogi Bear, there we go, Chester. Yogi Bear. Funny story behind that, Chester, uh, this guy forgot Craig's name, 
And he was like, yeah, Chester, man, he had some really good things to say. And I was like, who the hell is Chester? <laughs> and he, Greg was like, he's talking about me. <laughs> and we laughed and laughed. So Close. You were close. So he's Chester in my phone ever since. Chester. <laughs> Chester. Chester. <laughs> yeah, and then I found out on Reservation Dogs, Cheese's real name is Chester. So we'll call you Cheese. Chester Cheese. <laughs> Cheesy chest. It all works together. Oh, man, I seen something crazy earlier. Mm. So I drove by the Met bus stop downtown here earlier. And, like, when I first, like, got on the block, I seen these street chiefs. They were sitting there in the shade. There's three of them. And they were two of them were, like, slap fighting. And I was like, oh, man, this ain't going to be good. This is going to turn into a fight. So I slowed way down, and I was watching them. I was watching them. Sure enough, one of them slapped the other one in the face. He was laughing, and man, the one that got slapped, man, he jumped up and started beating the crap out of that other one, screaming at him. Right there at the bus stop? Yeah, right at the bus stop. So there was three of them, and once that other one, once the one jumped up and started beating the crap out of that other one, like kicking him and punching him, that third one jumped up and just booked it. Boom, he took off. Brad the bottle, too. Probably did. <laughs> That's probably why he jetted out like yeah. that. Oh, he probably said, "You guys slap fight," because he knew it was going to turn into a fight. He made his great escape. Set him yeah. up. Set him up, bro. But man, this guy was furious. That's how I knew they were drunk. Because man, he was screaming at him, and it I went off, huh? And I was driving. Yeah, and I just like came to a complete stop, and I was just sitting there watching them and laughing. I was laughing my head off. I was like, "Oh, I better go." There's a car behind me. Just stop and start spectating. <laughs> Hit him. Get him. Get him. Fight back. Start hitting your horn. <laughs> Don't let him do that to you. Fight back. Get up. Get up. How come you're letting him do that? Fight him. <laughs> I thought you loved me. <laughs> if you love me, you'd fight him. <laughs> If you loved me, you'd get up. Kick him or something. <laughs> Don't hit <laughs> this. I'm trying to say do something. <laughs> Father, Chester's throwing me off here. Goosema. Goosema. Yo. Yo, check his oil. Whoa. Whoa, where... Where did, how do we end up here? It's all Chester. So. <laughs> did I miss something here? Uh, <laughs> I think we're all goofy, man. The temperature's down <laughs> under 70. We're feeling good. It's not hot in here. We're feeling it. Riding the boom. Riding, Riding the boom. Feeling it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it hot in here or is it just me? Oh, I don't know. I got a coat on. Did he hold you like this or did he hold you like this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just fight back. You're embarrassing the family. Rip his shirt off. <laughs> Rip his shirt off. Get him in the headlock. <laughs> I should have started yelling those things out the window. <laughs> I was I, By the time I went for my phone and tried to record it, there, that car was like right there. was like two, three cars behind me. I, like, ah. I got paranoid and I just drove off. Get up, truck! Go around! Go around! There's a fight! Can't you see? Front row seats. Just point over there. Look, they'll stop too. I know. They're probably scared. Oh my god! 
Hey, that one day we went to, uh, this is about a month ago before Crow Fair, but we went to, uh, remember you can go to that loading dock by Lowe's, behind Lowe's? Oh, yeah. But there's that kind of grassy. Oh, the grassy no? But they were, there, there was some in that corner, and man, this one lady, I don't know what this lady did, but this other lady chased after her, and the dude was just kind of, you know, walking along behind her. <laughs> yeah. And she rip, rip, ripped into that girl, Ooh. and she fell down, and she started kicking her, but then... My dad was driving, and I was like, hey, hey, hey slow down. <laughs> we went around the corner because yeah. he wasn't paying attention. I was watching him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, 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 stop, slow down, slow down. But he didn't want to stop, so I, was like, I don't know what happened to that. But I seen her to get that first one, and she dropped. And, and that other lady. Was, oh, And man. you could see that she she didn't even spill her beer. Like, she had a can. <laughs> <laughs> it was still upright. Yeah, getting jumped. Yeah, instead of, it, it was broad daylight, it. too, man. I was like, gee. She has some skill. Experience. <laughs> Experience. Hit me, but don't hit the beer. <laughs> you can jump me, but don't take my beer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, yeah, there was just those, but she was trying to back up up, up that little hill. Oh. She was backpedaling up that hill, and that other one kind of had to jump up and do like, what, what's that, Little Mac on Mike Tyson's punch out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it looked. Oh, she dropped her. <clears throat> oh, like uh, Ryu or Ken? Remember they go, oh, it's, 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 it's a short you, you, Ken. Oh, yeah. You, Ken. What does it say? <laughs> oh, you, Ken. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah. I haven't played that in like years, years. <laughs> I was never very good this at This guy those. goes all old school back to Atari games. I know. <laughs> that wasn't Atari. That was Nintendo. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was original. Oh, that wasn't Atari. <laughs> Atari didn't even make. Didn't even have sound effects like that. <clears throat> oh yeah, I was there. You ever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say so. Oh, ColecoVision. You ever see those? No. But you have to put the little like you get a game, and then the controller looks like a phone. <clears throat> Like an old school phone with oh, really? numbers on there. Huh. But then you put this little card that comes with the game and it shows you which buttons to push. Huh. It's pretty weird. Huh. ColecoVision? Yeah, it's really overly complicated for a 1980s console. Huh. Before my time. Yeah, way before my time. Probably have games older than you. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. You like Pong? <laughs> so tonight we're gonna play a game and we'll do a little warm up here, and we're gonna go back to one of our go tos: tried and true storytelling, the secret story hour. Sir, secret story hour. We go around the horn four times with a buffalo round. Tatanka, uh who? Oh, uh, so we're gonna start <laughs> off. Give me a topic. Somebody, give me a topic. Any topic. Fall. Okay, fall weather. Do we want to add anything else about fall weather to the initial story? We always go off into left field anyway, but. (laughs) (laughs) Never has anything to do with fall at the end. I know. Let's start with fall. How about fall and football? Okay, fall and football. You ready? You always kick this off. So (laughs) So we'll go Randy, uh, Chester Cheese. You started started the fall, fall. You want me to start? No, is that what we're starting with? Yeah, fall and football. Fall football. That's the kind of theme. 
But I don't know. It's going to go in left field anyway. But we'll start there. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. <clears throat> Ready, set, go. You and me fall football. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have snacks and Pepsi, huh? And we'll hold hands in the bleachers. But we got to make sure grandma doesn't see. <laughs> 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 I don't know what to say anymore <laughs> Go ahead Remember after 8 we're no longer cousins oh. And that includes the 4th quarter <laughs> Especially if there's overtime <laughs> Especially if there's overtime I'm going to make you mine. I don't care if you're my cousin. You're still going to be mine. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't give me a hickey. That's how Auntie found out last time. Because you put it right on my face. And it hurt real bad. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just do a different one? Yeah. Yeah. It's, going, it's going a little bit too dark there. As, as the game goes on, we might end up in a place we don't want to be. I know it. Okay, so give me another. Give me something else. Give me another topic. How about? Oh, go ahead. You're gonna say something? No, go ahead. Oh, uh, 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 Halloween. Is that good enough? Halloween. At the mall. Okay. Halloween at the mall. You want to kick us off or should I go? Went to the mall, excited to hit up Spirit. So I can get that sacred costume I always wanted. But when I got there, all they had was girl ones. So I really put on the Pocahontas one. And here the dress fit me just right. (laughs) (laughs) They said I wore it better than my lady. (laughs) And my cousin even whistled at me, didn't recognize me. Man, it was just skin tight. You could see a quarter if it was heads or tails. (laughs) (laughs) It hugged my curves just right. I shouldn't have wore braids that day. (laughs) Because after that, everybody was asking for my autograph. But I had to turn them down because she was getting jealous. And she started pulling my hair. (laughs) But I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So I said things just to make her more mad so she'd pull harder. And I said, 
So pulling hair is on the menu now. <laughs> and fighting is our love language anyways. <laughs> Just know I'll be wearing this. <laughs> Just know I'll be wearing this when we sing those songs with our raccoon. On our raccoon love. <laughs> <laughs> On a raccoon. I jacked that up. <laughs> and my skirt starts slowly moving up my thigh. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> hey, we got to stop there. <laughs> I was trying to say raccoon rug and say something else. <laughs> raccoon love. <laughs> Gotta like get a, some of that raccoon love. It's gonna be the title of my round dance album, Raccoon Love. <laughs> raccoon Love, yeah. Hey, hey, sounds, hey, sounds like it's really rough and you can't see anything at all. That's when she gives you two black guys and a hickey. That raccoon love. That means she really loves you. Yeah, she cares. That means she's <laughs> full of passion. <laughs> And she goes through your dumpster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what else did he say earlier? Whatever about your that, dumpster may be. <laughs> what the heck else did he say earlier when he was <clears> talking about uh about what? <laughs> Something else. When You're scaring me. What? What? <laughs> scaring me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, oh, so I made an observation as I was driving around. After I seen that fight, man, oh. I was just like on. Uh, for lack observation of a, mode. Huh? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. My radar was up for like street chiefs, for lack of a better term. Uh, those individuals that are on the street for the sole purpose of drinking and drugging. There's a lot of them out there. Oh, I got a lot. Just like yeah. on almost every, just like I went about from there, I went about four blocks down and then turned right and then went over to Grand and then headed up Grand. But in that. <clears throat> just remember, some of them are our uncles. Yeah, four or five of them. In four or five blocks, I probably seen like 20 of them. Just chilling. Yeah, there's a lot up there. Chilling. It's the um, weather. It's got to be the weather. I know. I was just like, I don't know if like I haven't really been paying attention lately. Uh, when I drive through downtown, but today I just seem like a lot. People are trying to get their last hurrah in before the big snow. Yeah. That's kind of what I noticed lately is, like, there was a lot of newer people out. Mm. Young, too. Yeah, the young, like, the young folks, like, the young new guys, like, they're out there. Wow. I ran into, yeah, a few of them. Yeah, those two that were scrapping it out earlier, the one, he was older, and he was, like, out there when I was working out there. He's, like, an older guy, man, roll, like, uh, talks, he has business talk. I ain't gonna talk you out of your pants and sell them back to you. Like, he was real crafty with his language. Kinky. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, talk you out of your shirt and sell it back to you. So he was the one that was getting beat up when I seen him down there. Uh, every time I see him now, he's always he's always spitting that game. Yeah, man, I'm going to treatment. I got a bed date on this date. And he's like, man, I was looking for a couple bucks, man, just to hold me over before I go to detox. And I got my bed date on. And he always says a date like the next week. Yeah, like he he's just running game constantly. And the first time I fell for it, and the next time I see him, man, he had the exact same spiel for me. And I said, man, you're lying. 
I said, come holler at me when you're out of treatment then. First time he got me and I gave him a dollar. Like, oh, man, that's awesome. Plays on your emotions. So when I seen him getting smacked up, I was like, hit him. <laughs> Digging his Don't let him do that to you. See if he has a dollar. Hey, check, man. Give my dollar back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's crazy. Some of them are real good, man. Real talk, like smart, quick, yeah. quick witted with it. Um, and it's too bad that, you know, they're wasting it out there. You know, they could be real business savvy. They could be owning a shop down here, downtown. Using their gifts in all the wrong places, huh? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of like what I see, too, like with people that are locked up, huh? I mean, a lot of talented individuals out there, whether they be like artists, whether, they, you know, like yeah, cartoonists, freaking it's probably, salesmen. It's probably hard for a lot of people to see them as gifts in that way, though. You know what I mean? Like, because you probably I mean, like, oh, yeah. I know I developed certain certain things by... Uh, you know, just trying to be manipulative and get what I want. Yeah. And I never thought of, oh, I could use this in a positive light, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it never occurred to me. Because, yeah. you know, we always say, oh, yeah, we had a choice. We yeah. never knew we had a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's it, like, I mean, I 100% agree with you guys that there, because I've been locked up with, man, some of the most industrious and intelligent and, you know, man, people that are just, I think, uh, what do they call it? Necessity is the mother of invention and the things that they come up with to oh, yeah. fill a, a, a certain need or a void or something like that. <clears throat> that the, the things that they come up with. So in other words, yeah, I mean, I agree that they, it's just, well. if you put that focus and that energy into something positive, but I just think that it's kind of hard for some people to see that. Yeah. True that. True that. Yes. <clears throat> so you guys feeling warmed up? Well, it's definitely not hot. Oh yeah, I feel I feel all loose, loosey goosey, ready to go here. How about you, yeah. Chester? I'm ready to go. He's you, ready you for the hot cheesy. seat. <laughs> He's ready for the hot seat. So, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. Oh, baby, give me that hoodie weather. I just want to wear my hoodies, baby. I just want that hoodie weather. <laughs> just one more hoodie to wrap me, baby. Oh, yeah, that hoodie weather. Hoodie, hoodie, hoodie. Hoodie, hoodie, hoodie. <laughs> just give me my hoodie, hoodie, hoodies. I wish you guys could see our facial expressions. That's that's half the half the fun right there. Oh baby, I just want to wear my hoodie. <laughs> it's hoodie season. I want to wrap you like my hoodie. I love you like I love my hoodies. I want to put that hoodie on and pull the string real tight so all you can see is my eyes. And my lips. (laughs) (laughs) And we we can get to smooching. (laughs) (laughs) Smooching. No, I came up with that jingle in my head today as I was getting ready to come downtown. I started singing that. I was like, give me that hoodie weather. 
I was laughing. Hoodie weather. Hoodie, hoodie weather. All right. So we got Greg Doney in the hot seat tonight. How are you doing? How are you feeling, sir? I'm feeling fantastic. Man, you look fantastic. This guy showed up in a suit. <clears throat> I thought it was the men in black. I got kind of scared there. Suited and booted. Yes, sir. I was singing, we are the men in black. Men in black. Galaxy defenders. Away home. Away home. Uh, yeah, we got the man in black here tonight And um, JC's going to start out He's going to ask you some questions And then jump over to Randy talk, Ask you some more questions And I'll wrap up and ask you some more questions And then at the end uh, <laughs> Just to give you a little uh, Skeleton of what's going to happen uh, Then at the end If you got like any soapboxes anything, Any questions for us um, Then it'll be your time to shine But I'll toss it over to your favorite Indian at this time. Uh, hey, take it away. Kevin hey, Costner's here. Kevin Costner's here. No. No. What? No. Somali <laughs> Tutanka. <laughs> Where did I see that when, when they said that? Oh, man. Was it at IGA? Was it, was it on uh, Res Res Dogs. Res Dogs when he said yeah. that? Yeah. You will always be my friend. But anyway, so Chester Cheese, Cheesy Chester Cheese. Uh, why don't you just give us started with a little background? You know where you're from, your experiences. You know up until this point, I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll let you decide how you want to do all that. Um, just but I guess ultimately just start from the beginning. Give us some background. Give us a give us a foundation to jump off of. Okay, so. Um, I was born in Crow Agency. Um, I spent my first few years in Pryor. Then when I was about five, my parents moved me to Bellings, and I spent most of my life here. I went to school both here and Pryor, bounced back and forth. One year I would be out in Pryor. One year I would be here. just really depended on how my parents wanted to send me that year. Um, both my parents. Um, my dad was a real bad alcoholic. My mom was a meth addict and an alcoholic. Um, my dad always in jail. I can't think of one year he was not in jail. Um, then one time my, my mom locked him up for a long time. She convinced my brother to lie to the cops and said that my dad came at him with a knife and my dad was locked up for something he didn't do for almost two years. Um, within that two years, I, it was almost living hell for me. Like my siblings were old enough to go stay with friends and family. I was stuck with my mom and she would just leave me for weeks at a time with barely any food, no one to watch me. And I had to survive by myself. And luckily when I was younger, my auntie taught me how to cook. So I didn't have to depend on anybody because I think she knew that something like this was going to happen. Um, but eventually my dad got out. Um, he got sober. And before he passed, he he got together twelve. I mean, 10 years of sobriety. Nice. Awesome, man. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, he actually was the reason why I had an idea that recovery was possible. Because if you saw what type of alcoholic he was, and he worked a program... It, it works. Um, 
Then my dad tried to be my best friend in my, while I was a teenager because of all the days he missed not being with me. And he basically let me do what I wanted to do. If I wanted to drink at the house, he let me drink. If I wanted to party, he let me party. Um, eventually, he started getting cancer, and I needed some extra money. So I dropped out of school, um, started working full-time, and I started um, selling some stuff to make extra money to give him. Um, like, I was selling large quantities of uh, weed on the regular, like, and giving the money to him. He knew where it was coming from, but we needed food. We needed, he needed his cancer medication, and he kind of just um, shed it up, put a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. He, and that's basically where I started. I started drinking probably about the age of 14 with my um, friends, and by the time I was 18, I was an everyday drinker, like a liter of whiskey every day until the day I stopped, and that was when I was um, 28, and what's funny enough is I used to be one of those street chiefs, Um, and I was living on the street after I ruined a... 10-year-long marriage. Like, I was a functioning alcoholic. I went to work every day until my body started shutting down. I drank so much that I got stage 2 cirrhosis. Um, They were scarring on my liver, and the doctors told me if I kept on drinking this way, I would be dead within a year. And with my addiction, I was okay with that. I was totally okay with drinking myself to death, but my ex-wife she was like i'm not gonna sit around and watch you kill yourself Mm. so she packed up and left Mm. probably the strongest thing she could have ever done and i'm proud of her for making that decision it took a strong woman to walk away um yeah and eventually that's what kick-started the determination of trying to get sober Mm. um Mm. I would get 30 days here, three months there, but I couldn't get more than that. Um, Then eventually I started drinking again. Um, One of my roommates almost beat me to death with a frying pan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sorry. He he was a uh, schizophrenic, and I didn't know he was a schizophrenic. And if you've ever seen one drink alcohol they can snap like mm. in a heartbeat and he snapped and he you know what like the gotham steel frying pan yeah he snapped one of those over my head Oof. Uh, cracked my head uh, split my head open two areas i had 42 stitches two broken wrists um six broken bones in my hand like i was messed up yeah. and i went to my uncle's house because that's the last place i can go and um you think I would stop drinking at that point, but I kept on at it until I started doing stuff that I didn't like. Like I stole one of my cousin's cars to go see a girl for the weekend. Mm. And when I sobered up, I know I remembered what like this. This is ain't this ain't me. I told myself 
I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't get a DUI. I got a DUI. Told myself I wouldn't steal from family. I was stealing from family. And I was doing stuff that I wouldn't regularly do. So um, I said, enough is enough. And I moved out to the streets to actually get sober. Because I had to completely disconnect myself from everybody else that was um, enabling my behavior. So when I was on the streets, a good way to survive is not to go around anybody. None of those big crowds because you're talking about it. They fight. Oh, yeah. They'll run you for your stuff. And I had a few dollars in my pocket and I didn't want to get ran ran up while I was sleeping. So yeah, I curled up in a ditch by myself every night. Then eventually, I think it was like three months out on the streets, I said, heck with it. And I went to the mission. Yeah. While at the mission, I was starting to um, look for jobs. But I think I filled out around 70 applications and only one person called back. Because I was living at the shelter. Mm. No one wants to hire somebody that's at the shelter. Mm. Then one day I was going to a job interview. I ran into Josiah. Josiah saw me at the hand games when I was staying at my uncle's. And he asked me what I was doing in town. And I basically broke down. I mean, broke it down to him that I was here trying to get sober, trying to find a job, living at the shelter. He's like, well, come down to the church and we can get you into sober living if you want want that and i didn't really know what sober living was at the time but i knew i wanted to be out of the situation i was in um he said it was a safe place to start recovery and the mission ain't safe um well it's a little bit safer now i spoke Mm. to the director and they actually have a really good program down there right now um but back then when it was all a men's shelter if you didn't sleep with your stuff underneath your pillow, your, sh- your stuff was going to get stolen from you. Mm. Um, and he got me into sober living that day. And that started uh, my spree of sobriety. Um, I think I was able to gather my first year and a half. Mm-hmm. I started a business, but then I started getting that right idea that I was able to do this without a program mm. that I did this. God, the creator didn't do any of this mm. that I can drink because I was the one who gave me the will to do this. Yep. And I fell off and I've like, and I fell off hard. It wasn't just like one time. It was like a solid from July into September. Hmm. Remember when you saw me over at um, Saturday Live? Saturday Live, that was the last day I drank. Yeah. Um, my sponsor at the time, um, Richard, he actually was going to 12-step me with my best friend, but I was too intoxicated. <clears throat> I was driving drunk, like, out of control. Yeah. But I was noticing I was going to lose everything that I built for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, my fiancé was going to walk out. Um, I was losing my business. Um, I was losing all my money, and I was just like, I need to get right again. Mm. So I um, called up people, start hitting meetings again, and I start hitting it hard. Um, 
actually, let's rewind a little bit back. What right before that happened, like my work was about to fire me because I sold my business um, because I wanted to eliminate that stress from my life. Mm. Um, and I was a kitchen manager at a restaurant here in Billings. And while I was there, I totally lied to her saying I was sober, even though I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And one day she found me passed out in my front seat of my car with a tall can next to me and a bottle in my hand. And that was three days before you saw me at, um, Saturday live. Yeah. And once again, I was like, something has to change. Mm -hmm. That was September 29th, um, 29th of 2019. That was my last drink. Mm. Um, well, that was my first sober day. My last drink was that 28th and, and I started going to meetings pretty regularly for about a year. Then COVID happened. Yeah. I mean, for up to everything started shutting down, which was what? uh, Late March, late March. Yeah. So a solid six months and the Zoom meetings, I didn't really feel a connection, so I didn't really start doing that. I just disconnected, just started doing on church and letting God run my program. Mm-hmm. And me and the creator built a strong relationship. Like, I consider him my best friend. Um, but I realized something about myself that I need to be working a program, going to meetings, and have my creator all together because it's a balance board for me. If I have, if I don't have one of them, my brain starts going out of control. Yeah. I start in my own head. I'm not doing certain things. And I was working a solid program. And um, then I get in an argument with my next door neighbor. Um, meth head. He was parking in my parking space, and I was sick and tired of them doing deals using my parking space. And I told him, get get the heck out of my parking space. Mm-hmm. And his buddy pulled a gun on me. Yeah. And that um, I have PTSD from that attack, and that just triggered something in me. Mm-hmm. And I went on a full psychosis. And when I, for some reason... um. I thought it was a good idea after all this, after he put a gun on me, cops came, um, sorted everything out, but I was still in that psychosis and I wasn't telling anybody that I was feeling not right in the head. Yeah. Then I thought, Hey, I should go take myself out. Like no one wants me here. Mm. I was, I wasn't working a program. I wasn't talking to anybody, but I made peace with the Lord and I was said I was going to go meet him. Yeah. So I went and bought a bottle, and I had a, a bottle of prescription pain, I mean, not painkillers, sleeping pills. Mm. And I was about to take myself out. Mm. I was this close. If a cop didn't roll up for a um, welfare check, he saw me in a parking lot. Yeah. I wouldn't be here right now. Mm. I made my peace. With the creator, 
I drove out to Pryor, said, um, said bye to my mom that I would see her again soon. And I parked in an empty parking lot, and I was just going to go. Like, Yeah. Um, and after that, like, they didn't check me into a psych board. I checked myself in the psych board for about um, 48 hours. Because mm-hmm. I needed to decompress. Because I, once I got done with everything, I was still in that psychosis. Yeah, they sedated me for a little bit, and um, I was able to contact my psych doctor, and he adjusted my medication. Uh-huh. Um, it it was probably partial. I don't know if you guys are familiar with psych medication, um, but one of the things they use is benzos, and benzos. One of the side effects is uh, suicidal ideation. Mm. So I said, I can't be on these benzos anymore. Yeah. Take me off of them. So he took took me off of them. And right after that, I, I made a full surrender to the creator. And um, I started hitting some meetings, but I wouldn't. For some reason, I didn't want to fully commit back. Yeah. Back to going to meetings full time. Um, then flat, fast forward about six six months. So this is the start of this year, January. Okay. Um, me and my ex fiance we get in an argument because I don't feel um, validated in our relationship at this point. Yeah. And I made myself vocal to her about that. Yeah. She didn't like that. Mm. So she started yelling, if you don't uh, feel validated, you can get out. Wow. And I was about to leave. Then her son that I helped raise for the last four years yeah. walked in, look of pure disappointment. And um, I was like, I'm not going no- nowhere. Yeah. I was like, this is my house. I'm not abandoning my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, she worked out even more, ended up calling the cops on me. Um, I don't know if you guys ever, if you guys know the law that if cops come, woman looks distressed, no matter what, you're going to jail for a PFMA. Yeah. Yep. Um, all she has to say is she's scared, right? Not even. Not she even. just can look scared. Oh, okay. So, um, the cops show up. The first cop comes down and talks to me. The other one goes and talks to her. The cop that's talking to me, he was like, Yo, I'm just going to remove you from the house for 72 hours. You can come back after that, pack up a bag. I was like, cool. Right when I got done packing up my bag, the second cop comes down, tells me to turn around, throws mm. me in handcuffs, and wasn't really telling me why they were arresting me. Yeah. Once I get down to the jail, I ask to speak with the shar- sergeant. Yeah. Sergeant shows up. He's like, yeah, I just got done spoken, uh, speaking to your ex. I can tell that it was just an argument. But due to your size... We're holding you on intimidation and charging you with the PFMA. Mm. And I'm like, what? Is that even legal? He's like, yeah, it's totally legal. Dang. So I sat 90 days uh, fighting that charge. Um, but I'm thinking it was a God thing um, because a few days before all this happened, I prayed to God that I needed help. My life is becoming unmanageable again. Mm. I needed a change. Mm. And this happened. And right when I get into North 2, 
a young native walks in. He's high. He's drunk. And I start breaking it down to him what I was going to do when I get out. It's like, I'm going sober living. already have on this amount of time. He's like, how do you do it? Yeah. So I start breaking it down. I start breaking down recovery to him. Yeah. He's like, this is something I want to do. And so I grab a AA book that's sitting there in North too. And we start reading it. Yeah. I start telling my um, stories to him. He's starting to relate. He's like, I really want this. I get transferred to North five and he shows up there. We, we continue it. Yeah. Then more people see me doing that and start coming up for help. Yeah. Then um, they see me reading the Bible. So they come up and ask me to read them scriptures as well. Mm. So um, I was sitting there. I think I want to start helping people Mm. while I'm sitting there in jail. um, When I leave jail, it's funny. All those guys, all 60 people who are in that pod came say bye to me. And a lot of them were saying, thank you for teaching me how to live in jail and be kind and have a heart. Mm. Awesome, man. Um, so I got out, moved back to sober living, and I knew that I, that's when the realization dawned on me that I needed both in my life, both God and recovery together. Mm. Because it's it's the triangle. Yeah. Um, so um, I started hitting it hard. Um, first call I did is to you. Mm-hmm. See if you can sponsor me again. Um, then I started hitting meetings like no other. I hit probably seven to eight meetings a week. Mm. Um, and that's on the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, I try to hit closer to um, nine or ten. Wow. Yeah. Um, it keeps me grounded. Then shortly after that, you told me about the job over at Buick. To be peer support and start uh, helping people in recovery, fresh recovery. And that really clicked to me because that's something I was talking about with people in jail. Right on. Um, And, yeah, that I've been doing that for about two months. I Actually, I have to go in front of the Board of Behavioral Health in November to dispute because I'm not going to get my license until I go there because of the PFMA flagged. Yeah. And I just have to go tell them it wasn't drug related. Yeah. It was just an argument and I literally got locked up for my size. Yeah. So, but that's, that's just a little bit in a nutshell. Yeah. I know that's a big nutshell. I know you just <laughs> asked me one question. No, no. I, like I said, man, you, you do you and you say it however you want to say it. And I yeah. just got to say, damn, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Woo. Oh, give me some Lulu's. Oh, give me some Lulu's. Next lap. <laughs> hey. I got some questions, but I'm going to leave it open up to you two. Pod Gotti or Favorite Indian, man. You guys got some questions. I, I'm just kind of in awe because... Like, just your, I, I think these are the easiest interviews is when you ask a question and the interviewee just comes and lays it all out. Yes, sir. Bro, like, I commend that because so many people come on our show 
and they get like not not they like anything negative but like it just like sometimes they don't know how to respond with the you know what i mean yeah like with in a, in a in an environment like this and 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 that's cool but like bro like i see like a preacher in you <laughs> like i see like bro like our stories are so similar because my walk started in jail that's like where god started confirming to me my calling mm, mm, mm. Like i'm in north three like i never went back to general population bro like i'm yeah. in you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. like i'm in there with all these guys going for freaking like long bids and mm. i'm sitting in there and i'm preaching the gospel bro like they started calling, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and then like, man, the word of God just coming alive. And then like, man, being in recovery, like, man, everything ties in. You're so like, you're so right. Because like once that revelation hits you, bro, like you're like, man, I got to have God and I got to have recovery mm. and I got to be like, I can't have one without the other because if I have one without the other, if I just have recovery and I don't have God, I'm off balance. Yep. 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 You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or if I have just have God and, and I'm not chasing my recovery, then I'm off balance. I need to be on par. Yep. Yeah. And, dude, like, your story is so inspiring because I've been sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to ask him and, and how is this going to go? But it's like, dog, like, I see it. You know, like, you were made for this position. Yeah. Like, even you coming out and, and, and the whole Buick situation with you getting your position – it's so crazy. Like, that's a God thing, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think what we realize, like, in this line of work, you are just spreading the hope that you carry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, saying, like, bro, like, this is my story and this is my prison, but I found the key and I want to give it to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, bro, like, you don't have to go through all that. Here's the key. Exactly. Like, if I can come from the streets to yeah. where I'm, where I am now, anybody can do it. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody. It, as long as they're willing to put in the work, like I was willing to put in the work. And I think that's one thing that I wanted to ask you is like, okay, so this morning I was talking to, <clears throat> I was talking to a few, like a, a couple of different young men. And I'm like, man, like what worked for me didn't work for, might not work for you. Yep. Like you gotta find like something worth fighting for in your life and fight that fight for that. Mm. And you gotta find what's important to you. And I said, What's important to you? And the, one of the young men was trying to answer me, I said, No, I don't wanna know what's important. You have to know. Yeah. You know? I'm like, you have to fight for what's important to you. Don't tell me. You find it. And I guess with that, I wanna ask you, like what did you find that was so important to you that you could not let go? Not even, I guess, like coming to a point where you had nothing to live for. Felt like, where you felt like you had nothing to live for. Like what, what did you fight for? Like what worked for you? So I fought because the memory of my father, mm. he, he fought so hard. I'm not letting what he fought for. He fought for me. Mm. Come on. He battled his addiction. He locked himself in his room for four days mm. and had some of the worst withdrawals, even probably on par of my withdrawals. And I was having alcohol seizures, and so was he. 
Mm. And I don't want that memory to fade with me because he did that all for me. Mm. And I'm not going to waste the gift he gave me, which was life and a father on my own stupid mistakes. I'm going to carry his message and show people it is possible to recover because not only did I, this person did and carry on his message. Um, a lot of people I talked to, he went to the recovery group in um, here in Bellings and a lot of people were like, that guy had a smile on his face, even though he fought cancer five different times. He always came to a meeting with mm. a smile on his face and preached that recovery was possible. Awesome. Awesome. Man. And it took me a few years to find that out that this happened, but yeah. And also when I was struggling, um, I messaged my dad's sponsor. I had my dad's sponsor's phone number mm-hmm. and I messaged him. I was like, I, I honestly don't know how my dad did it. He's like, you have to fight. You have to. He's like, you might be a fighter like your dad. You probably got into some street on uh, street scraps, but you have to take that mentality of fighting for your life and fight for your life for recovery and mm. just continue down and don't give up no matter what. And that just rang because that's what my dad is. He's, he was a fighter. He's one of the strongest people I know. Mm. Um, one time I got lippy with him and, <laughs> and he, punched, he punched me square in the chest. The only person to ever drop me. And it was just a quick jab to the chest. Oh. Dropped you. Just dropped me. Dude, I think that's so amazing because like one of my passions is like fatherhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I share on this, especially this platform is like our ceiling becomes the floor for our children. Yeah. And, dude, like, you're living that. Like, your father's legacy, bro, like, he fought so hard for his sobriety that you don't have to fight, like, what he fought. Yeah. You start where he left off. Exactly. And I think that's freaking amazing, bro. Man, props to you, man. Like, I got so much respect for you, man. Like. Yes, sir, man. That is awesome. Did you have any follow-up questions? Favorite Indian? <clears throat> no. Okay. So, no, that's awesome, man. So far, man, that was powerful. Your story, you know, I've, like I said, that was, that was a God thing for us to even meet that day because, like, I was walking down one that's side crazy. of Montana and you were walking down the other side right in front of Western Pond. Yeah. And I remember, I remember seeing you. I didn't remember your name, so I ran over and I was like, "Hey, what's up, man? Why don't you say what's your name?" And then we just got to rapping, and that's how it happened that time. Um, but um, I think one thing that you kind of alluded to, uh, but didn't you know just say was that would you say that you were always just wanted to run the show? Yeah, I always wanted to run the show. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the leader of my life. Mm. That um, I think it's in. As Bill sees it, it talks about being a leader, that we're not all meant to be a leader, that some of us are supposed to be followers. And Mm. what I got out of that is the people who are in recovery can't lead their lives, that we need to follow follow something more powerful than us. That's the creator. Yeah. He's our leader. Yeah. And um, when I came to that realization, nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's in his hands. Yeah. My favorite prayer is 
give me what I need, not what I want. Because uh, yeah. what I want is money, fast car, a house. Fast women. Yeah. What I need is recovery, friends around me, people who actually care about me. Yes, sir. My recovery. That mm. stuff's I need. Yeah. I need um, the Native community. Like, it's awesome to be working at Buick and being able to work around other Natives, being in an urban neighborhood. Yeah. I I never got that. Mm -hmm. Most jobs I work at, nothing but... um, Bastilas. Yeah. And now I get to work with some of the most strongest Native people I met. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, like I knew, I'm, I'm glad you came to that realization of like you were, you, you were always taking the wheel, always wanting to run the show. Uh, cause I know I, I seen that, you know, multiple times from you. But so it's good to see you that, you know, that final, that surrender, full surrender to Akbaritia, you know. Um, we're talking about that last episode, that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Uh, it's crucial. That's the foundation for my recovery. Um, and I just kind of wanted to speak to that when I seen you at Saturday Live. I was coming down that hallway, and I said, man, that's a big dude up there, like tall. And I was like, oh, snap, that's Craig. And I was like, oh, snap, he's drunk. And that's what I was thinking. And I said, I'm going to go say what's up to this guy because you had some kind of pastry. Oh, and you were putting funnel it- cake. Yeah, yeah, you had funnel cake, and you're, like, putting in your girl's face, and she was all pissy and, like, turning her back to you, and you're all laughing. And that's when I was like, oh, man, this guy's drunk, and I walked right up to you. I was Get like, up, I was like, yeah. I was like, man, this guy's drunk at Saturday Live, man. Anyway, I walked right up to you, and I said, I'll have a bite. And then you turned around, and you're like, oh, hey, this guy. <laughs> yeah, you were one of the last people I wanted to see, to be honest. <laughs> And I, I even thought that going there was like, I'm going to f- see somebody in recovery and they're going to see me like this and they're not going to be happy. <laughs> and I, I stood there and I just looked at you and I looked at uh, the lady, your girl at the time. And I was just like, you guys good? And then he was like, you're patting my shoulder. I'm like, yeah, we're good, brother. And I just turned around and walked away. <laughs> I think I was on my third bottle at that time. Oh, man. Yeah, and it, it was like at eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was that. It was raining outside, so they had moved the uh, Saturday Life to Skyview, and man, that place was packed to the max with people. This guy was all drunk inside, <laughs> and we were walking out. I seen Ronson. Yeah, that's who I was with. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, definitely these two are drunk, and he's smoking a cigarette outside. I have a question. <laughs> How did they? Take Saturday Live to Skyview when Pioneer Park's like they're not even in the same area. Oh, because it was raining. They just took it up there. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's uh, the school district puts it on. Yeah. Yeah. Like the 10 day forecast said rain. It was last moment thing. They moved it up okay, there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They like advertised at that time. Um, so I know you kind of touched on it too, but I just wanted to clarify like what was kind of i know the cirrhosis and everything but like what was like the final thing you're like man i got a problem i'm sick in the head you know like i need help well what did that look like so um 
when my ex-wife moved uh, moved out, I had the apartment for about a month, and um, I was like, heck with it. I'm going to drink myself to death. Mm. And I literally went on a straight vodka diet. All I drank was vodka and water, no food, mm. no nothing, for about 21 days. Dang. And mind you, I just got out of the hospital about a half a month before that, and that's when the doctor told me that I was throwing up blood. Uh. Um, I was in rough shape and the doctor told me that. And when I picked up a bottle after that, that's when my uh, ex wife left and I just start hitting it hard. I got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. Like, yeah. Then I started having the alcohol seizures. And once I got three days yeah. of not drinking under my belt, Stuff started to pop in my head like, I I can actually do this. Yeah. Like, but. The hope started coming back. The hope started coming back. But the thing is, is like, I felt like I was going to die. Mm. That third day of not being able to move out of bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to crawl to the bathroom. Mm. Like. Yeah. Um, taking a shower was painful. I Like, my nerves were shot. Yeah. Like, if even warm water on me felt like it was extremely hot. Oh. Um, I, and that, the sweating. Uh, oh. Oh, it, it was, it was vicious. And on the fourth, like, the night of the third, on uh, third day, I was having, um, the muscles around my heart were cramping. Oh. And I couldn't breathe, and I was just like, Crater, I, I think I'm about to go see you. Yeah. And I just start praying. I start praying, saying, if you help me find a way, I will stay sober. Mm. And um, that that day I was seeing stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw death. Mm-hmm. Like. The body of death in my mind. Yeah. And he was watching over me, watching me to croak. But I didn't, I didn't, I woke up the next day. Yeah. And I was able to get up and actually walk. Mm. Like my body actually gained some strength. Yeah. So I went and got some food and asked myself, what's next? Like I'm about to be on the street in the next five days. Like what's next? And I still had money in my pocket. Yeah. I could have got a um, bottle, but I was like, no, that I can't. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to live now. Yeah. Like, it, it was literally night and day that one day I was like, I want to drink myself to death. Saw all of that, and I was like, no, I want to live. Yeah. That mm. uh, the creator showed how painful it was and that. I was worth it, and yeah, he gave me the opportunity. I asked for help, and he gave it to me. Mm-hmm. He gave me the strength to stand again. Yeah. So, yeah, it was honestly the creator helped. Yeah, because I prayed. I was I able to ask for that help. Yeah, man, come on, that's good, man. That's good, <clears throat> and. I just want to say thank you for sharing uh, all that heavy stuff. I know it's not easy to do. But it's, I think it's a testament of where you are in your recovery. 
you're able to share those things because uh, I'm able to talk about things, you know, it still stings um, and stuff, but uh, it's just that it just shows where you are in your recovery. You're able to talk about those things and share your experience, strength, and hope in a good way, you know, in hopes that it sparks some hope out there. And I'm, man, I know people are going to listen to this and, you know, they're going to be inspired by your story. So thank you. Uh, who? And um, I just want to open up to you if you have any questions for us or you got a. You got a soapbox you want to jump on and start preaching? It's all you. I don't really have a soapbox. Um, I kind of already know you guys' stories. Listen to the podcast. I've known Josiah for about five years now mm-hmm. on that personal level. <laughs> Yug. <laughs> know each other biblically. <laughs> <laughs> spiritually. Not physically. Spiritually. <laughs> In that sacred way, huh? <laughs> you know how to drive a buggy, boy. <laughs> yes, sir. That's good. <laughs> You're a liar, boy. <laughs> so, all I basically have to say is, there's help out there. Mm. Um, if you're going through some stuff mentally, and you feel down and out, um, I don't know if you guys touch on the new nine eight eight number. Uh, we haven't talked about it yet. So, um, suicide uh, hotline switched their uh, phone number to 988. Yep. If you call that, you'll get patched into the suicide hotline. If you feel like you're not worth it, contact them. Contact your nearest crisis center. Contact somebody. You're worth it. It's not worth taking yourself out. Um, Coming from somebody who's tried, it's such a selfish act. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, it, it's a mental thing that, oh, no one wants me. And it's your own mind destroying you. Mm, mm, but mm. if you're just willing to talk, there's someone that's willing to listen, that's willing to sit arm in arm with you. Even if you don't want to talk, there's people out there that will just sit with you and make you feel like you're not alone. Yes. Um, also, if you're struggling with any addiction or anything like this, or if you don't know how the way, there's people out there. There's people like peer support specialists at your local um, recovery center. There's there's people out there that can show you the way. All you have to do is speak up, say, hey, I need help. And they'll show you the way. They'll, we'll show you how to walk the red road. Mm. Just um, just continue on the path. If you're listening to this, you're on the right path. Let the creator guide you and walk with you, and you'll be able to walk that good path in that good way. No, just to tag, just to piggyback on what you said, yeah, about the suicide prevention, that 988 is a suicide and crisis number. Yeah. So yeah. you can call that whenever yeah. you're feeling distress. And I love that saying in suicide prevention, don't make a uh, permanent decision on a temporary yeah. situation. Um, so I like that saying when it comes to suicide prevention. But yeah, it just all it takes is just that reaching out. And I think every one of us here at this table, that's all we did initially was we reached out for help. Reach out. We got outside of our head, miraculously, and we reached out. Reach out. 
just reach out and give me that hoodie weather. <laughs> it's crazy though. That's why. Uh, so you listen, huh? That's why. Like, yeah. When I ran into you, you were like, "Hey." Yeah, yeah I was like, "When's that new episode yeah, coming?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, damn, it feels like I know this guy. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and like just seeing him, I'm like, "Hey," you know, he's like, "Hey." Yeah, cool, Look like man. you're going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things I wanted to say. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being here. Um, yeah, that was a lot. There's a lot there. And I know we can all relate to it. Um, and I know a lot of the listeners can relate to it. Um, there's a lot of us that, you know, like, there's a lot of uh, people in addiction and... and um, dealing with mental health issues that are not able to say that. And yet what you just said, what you just told us, your story and the way you said it, that's more valuable than anything we could ever hope to attain, right? Like the fast cars and the, of course yeah, I'll yeah. take the fast cars and the, the, the big houses. Yeah. But what you the just, fast off, women. I don't know so much about that, but <laughs> what you just said and what the way you said it is just, it's, it's priceless. Bro, in these kind of circles, in these kind of settings, because somebody out there is going to listen to that, listen to you, and say, man, that guy's hope went through that microphone into this digital realm and popped out of my phone or my speaker or whatever, and boom, mm. their life was going to change. And I just heard so many parallels in your story about my own, right? Like one couple of things that jumped out at me was, you know, oh, I was doing things that I wouldn't normally do. That wasn't me. And we can all relate to that too, right? Because mm. I, you know, I always say that when we're using and under the influence, it's like being possessed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse because I know that when I drink and use, that I do things that are not me. So mm. I, I, initially, I have that choice to say, no, you know what? I know where that goes. So that's not an excuse, but it's also important to say that because. It isn't us. That's not who we are. That's not who we were created to be. And in listening to your story and all the, your your trials and tribulations and however that, you know, all those things went, I can relate to it so much is because like no matter how hopeless I was and no matter how many times I wanted to give up, no matter how many times I went right back, it's like my creator, my higher power, Padadia kept saying no, no, no. I'll, you know, you can go to the edge, but I'm not going to let you go over because you were made for something else. You were created for something else. And damn, if I, I wish we didn't have to go through all that shit mm. just, to, just to be able to be in this position and to offer other people hope. But that's the way it is, and that's the way we're going to do with it. And I just, man, I was just blown away tonight. I mean, that's the only thing I can say. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's just an amazing story. I related to it, and the way you told it just, Fearless, just fearless, and, and that's again. He already said it. That's a tough thing to do. It's it's a hard thing to put yourself out there, but at the same time, I think it's important for us to do that because again, somebody will hear that and say, "You know what? Those guys are doing it. This guy did it. Randy did it. Josiah did it. I can do that too." Yes, sir. So the reason why I can come up here with such confidence is because. Hopefully one of my friends or somebody out there that I know listens to me and here's my struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I just actually lost one of my good friends 
on my birthday last month on the 20th, he overdosed. They found him face down in his pool. Mm. And I don't want that ever again. I've lost two good friends to overdose. Mm -hmm. And that's why I come out and say so from my heart that it is possible because the person who overdosed was the person I reached out to and asked about AA meetings when I originally started going to AA. Mm. He told me where to find those meetings, and he start, he's guided me to my first AA meeting. Mm. Mm. And now I lost him to addiction, and I don't want to lose anybody else. Yes. And, yes. and that, that reminds me, you know, like you heard the silent proclamation, right? Yeah. That first line is the one that always gets me, that very first line. Here, the destruction stops. Yes, sir. And it's almost, it's that simple. And, you know, there's more to it, but that's the one. It's mm. like right here, right now. Because you can do it. <clears throat> and, you know, you keep offering that that hope, you know, that being a hope dealer, as they say. Yes, the, sir. Got slang that hope. Slanging that hope. And... <sighs> Wow, man! I just—that was amazing. That was—that was pretty good. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank My you. My favorite line out of that one is, "He will heal our land." This, this guy's real <laughs> secret. He likes to heal the land. Remix on a <laughs> silent proclamation with the heart of the mother. <laughs> he, he, he was supposed to say, "We will heal our nation." Like, we will heal our land. <laughs> All confident, dude. All confident. It's it, we got proof. It's on YouTube. Uh. We will heal heal our land. Yeah, I know. I think all those reasons that you stated, like why you share your experience, strength, and hope, is, you know, so that hopefully some it sparks some hope in somebody else that they come to recovery, man. That's exactly why we're doing what we're doing, you know? Exactly why I do it. You know, I've buried too many people. Yeah. Um, same thing, you know, and I've seen too many. Young people pass away because of alcohol-related, drug-related um, accidents and stuff. And it, it sucks, and it's a terrible thing. Um, that's why I push on, you know, so that hopefully I can, we can, all of us here can um, spark some hope in somebody. You know, that it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to turn to alcohol. You don't have to you don't have to turn to drugs. There's a better life. And you can definitely do it. Like uh Chester Cheese here said, You can do it. All four of us here done it, man, you can do it. Definitely. And we believe in you. And if you need to reach out to us, reach out to us. Uh uh-huh. and I and I need to get better about answering our emails, but we're getting there. <laughs> I, I do want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who sent us an email. Noticing, no, remember, did I already say this? They noticed that beep. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was a, um, just in case anybody else heard it. That was a fan oh, yeah. that the button seems to be stuck in. It just like tries to change its mind. So every time the button is pushed, it makes a beep. But it does it on its own. So I don't know what's up with that thing. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we don't have to use it anymore. Someone, this someone year. put medicine on our fans. Oh, Who do you yeah. put that medicine? Strong medicine. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, have oh, you noticed it? That's what that is. But yeah, the button with the sound. Oh yeah. Hey yo, hey yo. <laughs> that sounded like R and B, and then it went into a forty nine. Down by the river, oh, into a gospel. The river. 
You hear the buttons playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they are playing. <laughs> beep, beep, they play. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me that hoodie weather. That hoodie weather. All right, who's your football teams? You got a football team, right? Yep, Dallas. Dallas. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, I heard you guys just signed Uncle Rico this week. <laughs> Breaking news. You guys have been eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uncle Rico. I get it. Yeah, I, I, I got a meme. I'll send it to you guys. Bet you I could throw this football over that mountain. It's like a fake press release. And yeah. Uncle Rico standing there with a jersey. <laughs> Back in my youth, I could throw this football over that mountain. Over that mountain. <laughs> Coach would have put me in the fourth quarter. Everybody grabs that steak off that dude's plate. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. And he grabs it and throw it, hits it that dude in the face. <laughs> Uncle Rico. So how'd you guys teams do this first weekend? Man, Man, we did good. We tied. We tied. Are you tired? Yeah. Uh, man, it's 2022. So we're still undefeated. Should have arm wrestled or something. I know. But you guys got to win. <laughs> so you guys, what was it? Uh, Ours was Monday night. Bengals and. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Bengals and Steelers. Yeah. Uh, and they missed like freaking four field goals in like the last minute. Yeah. Real, both teams? One, two, about three of them. Yeah. The Bengals <laughs> missed two. Then the Steelers missed. And then the Steelers had one more chance and they, they got it. <laughs> so, who's your team again? Indianapolis Colts. Oh yeah, you just said that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man, I just drawing a blank tonight, huh? So your yours is the Seahawks, Denver baby. Okay, okay. No, that was a that was weird, man. I think uh, what's his name, the coach for the Seahawks, did I, his medicine. That's I it looked good. I didn't, didn't no, use that's medicine. what I was saying, man. They were just dumb. They should have just went for it. That's what I was saying because I uh, Shannon Sharp said something like, "He goes, that's the reason why you signed Russell Wilson. Like that's why you give him that money on to go for it on four and five. Yeah. Which, is, but then I also thought the freaking field goal was good because I was like, eh, like, and then it just went right at the last second. Yeah. It just curved to the bottom. But did like, you see uh, that he freaking burned 30 seconds before he called a timeout? Yeah, man. I don't know what that guy's. I don't know, man. I don't know what well, he's doing. I, I know what he was thinking. He was thinking this guy's going to make it. Or, yeah. you know, we're going to put everything on this kicker. But, like Randy already said, you know, if I'm going to pay this guy so much money to do something, you better go out there and do it. We're going we're gonna to win or lose on this guy, yeah. not this, this other dude. Like, okay, maybe 10 more yards and you could try it. That's what I was thinking, like, man, like you throw something where he gets the first down and you give yourself another shot. Yeah. You know, you get the first down, stop the clock, get a run, set your kicker up, at least something that, like, that's not going to be a record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a per, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then, like, with. Was uh, it like 67 yards or something? 64. 65. 64, 65. 64.5. 64 and. <laughs> That point five matters. <laughs> that point five was she too told much. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, with uh, Wilson, you got to have like an awesome offensive line, though, to protect him so he can scramble because he can't see over that line. He has a scramble. He's pretty short. He's got to scramble so he can look downfield. Yeah. I think we do got a decent line, though. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, we're, we're, we'll see you guys uh, at you the You guys Super Bowl. heard like. Four or five players, you guys have a decent line. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it was a pretty good opening weekend, I thought. I mean, there's a lot of good games. Yeah. I I can't watch my Eagles, so I always have to uh, 
to watch first, Denver. Yeah, come to Denver. Uh, I used to be. A, I used to love the uh, donkeys in the nineties. You know, you can't just, love is not a switch you can turn off and on. <laughs> I just like them now. <laughs> I don't love them anymore. You're just slightly fond of them. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I gotta watch the Eagles highlights. It's like a 15 minute highlight reel on YouTube. You guys, I don't know if you guys yeah, utilize yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. If you can't watch your team, so that's what I watch. And so for like 15 minutes, I'm in the game. They're they're playing the Lions, and the Lions so, went up initially. I was like, what the hell? Because I didn't know the score. I didn't know if they won or not. So I watched that every Sunday night. Okay. That 15 minute highlight reel. You don't got NFL Network? No. Oh, I was gonna you say. You don't even have ESPN Plus. Uh, no. oh, this guy. But you, you never broke down and obviously Do you have Amazon the, Prime. The, 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 I have ESPN One. What is it called? Oh. The 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 ESPN, NFL ticket. NFL ticket. Yeah. I was I was debating it, but then I was just like, yeah. Because then we got op- Open Gym, which you guys need to start coming to again. Is it you? You've been doing that. Matt's been doing it. Oh, Matt Howerson. Shout out to my boy Matt Howerson. We've been boys since. 1997. Since 97. Since Belling Central days, baby. I mean, yeah. Randy. Albertson, I haven't seen him since freshman year, baby. Yeah. Randy left Central since and I the, entered. Since Nintendo GameCube days? Yeah. yeah. Well, Super Nintendo still. That was Super oh, Nintendo ooh. days. No, still. no, no. That was play, PlayStation 1. Oh, yeah. No, I was, was still Super yeah, Nintendo. Was, PlayStation no, 1 came out in 95. Yeah, that was PlayStation 1. Yeah, I was 1. still Super Nintendo, though. I still play Mortal Kombat 1 on Super Nintendo. Because you're Rezzy. Yes, sir. Rezzy like that. Test you know, your mic. I, the one I like is that original Mario Kart. Uh, yeah, that was one. I mean, I'll play that today. Yeah. Uh, we got it on the Switch. It's yep. like way different. I didn't like it. Maybe if I played it some more, I'd like it, but it was just different. Buy one well, of those old them. school controllers. The oh, wireless ones. Oh, you can hook one up? Yep. Oh, for real? Yeah, they sell the wireless um, controllers that look like the old school ones. Okay. 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 Has it just got the game already in it? Yeah, so if you do like the online um, membership, oh, you can okay. download a bunch of old school games. Yeah. Huh. And you can buy like the old school Nintendo and the Super Nintendo already preloaded with like yep. 100 games and stuff too. Yeah, they got. Yeah, I seen That's those. what I wanted to do. And just stay up all night on a Saturday and play games. Huh. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter 2, man. I challenge any of you guys to that, man. So I was never Ain't good nobody. at Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, none of those. I always got my ass kicked, so it wasn't fun. Oh, for real? Capcom versus Marvel, man. I will beat oh. you every day. All right, let's go then. Let's go, Madden. Let's do this, oh, then. I'll give you a run for your money with on any Madden game. Yeah, see, that was one I'm terrible at. Man, I get whooped up. On Madden. Madden. I'm terrible. And then, like, uh, what do you play, 2K? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I'm never really very good at it. Yeah. I like, we should get together and play Blacktop, man. Blacktop's fun. I like Blacktop. Yeah. That's kind of what I did all day Sunday. That's why I didn't watch no uh, football, really. Yeah, because, um, yeah, it just came out on the 9th, which was Don't Thursday. you be playing them video games all day. Video yeah. games is the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mama said <laughs> Bobby Boucher. My mama my mama my mama said my mama said Mama said alligators is on because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Well mama's wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with his medulla I've done got her. 
No, you're wrong, <laughs> Sanders. <laughs> Mama's right. All right, gentlemen. Any uh, closing it. words? That's it for the Jason Collins episode. Uh-huh. Jason Collins. Jason yeah. Collins. Hey, 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 no Take it away. Take it away. All right, all right, all right. Well, that's it from Unspoken Words. Shout out to our Unspoken Words disciples. Keep spreading the Unspoken Words gospel, Billy Graham style. We appreciate you. We love you. All our fans, our listeners across flat earth. Uh ho. Uh ho. Be good to you. Uh ho. What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian JCB. Hey, yo, it's Randy B, aka Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.